Well, you can call me an inflatable bouncy castle because I am pumped up for our guest this week. We have the right reverend, Dean Pinter, with us. <laughs> you've, just, you've just bishoped him. You've just <laughs> bishoped him? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We just have the reverend, doctor? Reverend Dr. doctor. Just Dean is fine. Just Dean. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Anglican. This, this, is, this is a program for upgrades. This is a program yeah. for upgrades. <laughs> we are naming and claiming it over you, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be a curse to be made a bishop. So. Oh, fair enough. Um, well, hello, everyone. Um, should we start again? Should I start that whole thing? <laughs> no, that's that's good. No, I keep, keep it. Keep, keep it rolling. Good. Keep it rolling. Yeah, yeah. All right. We are off to a good start today. We have the lovely Dean Pinter with us. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, Dean was a teacher back in Eston of me and Tim Miller. And he taught Most us, well, lots of things. I would say <laughs> New Testament and Revelation and um, a, lot of, a lot of classes. I don't even want to go through them all because I won't remember. Um, <laughs> and for those of you that are listening who know him, know that he is a very wise man and gentle and compassionate and we are honored to have him as a guest and just sit at his feet and absorb all the wisdom he has to give Um, no pressure dean no pressure no pressure but you better bring your a game (laughs) we we don't let just anyone on here um Uh, yeah, so Dean, we usually like to uh, start by asking you a question. Hmm. Dean, in your life, uh, hmm. what's one piece of advice that has really uh, stuck with you that you would like to impart on us? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a. I don't know if it's if it's advice or just dwell dwell in this truth, um, and and this this comes actually from fellow by the name of Dan Van Boris, who uh, hosts a podcast called The Christian History Almanac. So it's a daily podcast, about five or six minutes every day. And But he always ends the, the podcast the exact same way every single time. And I thought that crystallizes everything I'd like to dwell in day by day. Um, and, and, he, and he says this at the end of every podcast. He says, the rumors of grace forgiveness and the redemption of all things are true. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I just think, oh, if I could live uh, with mm-hmm. that in mind, you know, dwell in that truth, uh, that's, that's pretty good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a wonderful podcast, actually. So mm. I don't listen to many podcasts besides yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Re- recommended listening, recommended. Yeah. Listening. Uh, but yeah. Dean, why, why don't you um, just for anyone who, who doesn't kind of know where you're at? Uh, where are you, and, and kind of what are you doing where you're at? Yeah, I'm. I'm just starting my tenth year as the rector of St. Aidan Anglican Church here in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Um, for international listeners. Um, uh, it, yeah, I've uh, 
before that, I, I taught in a number of schools, obviously, including Eston. Um, we, uh, Timothy and I, you, we studied together. We overlapped uh, for <laughs> one term as, yeah. as students in the Department of Theology and Religion up at Durham there. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, priest in the Anglican Church of Canada. Uh, all our family is all, all grown up now. All our kids are in their 20s, uh, which, which is different from when Derek and Tim <laughs> knew them. They were just little beans, but now, now they're all grown up and, and adulting well. So yeah, yeah, but this is our 10th year here. Um, I'm in my mid-50s. But uh, still very much connected to, uh, to to England. We were talking about that before the show. Yeah. Uh, still have a lot of affection and 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 big big fans of the English football team. Uh, I'm a Tottenham Hotspurs fan domestically, but uh, but internationally we're huge. Like we're we're uh, we're uh, football's coming home is a song that we hear pretty often in our. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, we, yeah, sure, sure to pass on the uh, the well wishes if we if we ever stumble across any of the footballers. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, and just to say, Dean, you you're um, helping us start in our next segment of, of four weeks, uh, which will be in the Book of Acts, and uh, and today we are at your your passage of choice, which um, we'll get into the passage first. And then, uh, and then, I know during that time too, it'd be great to hear a little bit of of what this passage uh, brings for you as well. So, so do I read do first? Read first? Then, yeah, I'll read first, and then Dean, if you want to read second, sure. And then uh, we'll get into the nitty gritties. Uh, This is a reading from Acts chapter 20, starting at verse 7. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and we're not a little comforted.
Shall we read a second time? Yeah. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive, and were not a little comforted. Okay, Tim, I'll start with you, and we'll leave Dean to last. Um, was there a word or a phrase or a question that jumped out to you in that passage? Yeah, I think for me, um, both times, the, the phrase that, that kind of jumped out for me was, do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. That's, uh, yeah, for me, that's kind of a real, yeah, got my mind kind of thinking about a whole bunch of different things, which, yeah, I'd like to sit there for a bit. Right. Talk about yourself. Yeah, that one jumped out to me, um, just because. Anyway, we won't get into we won't get into discussion yet. I have a tendency, Dean, to in this part to just name all these questions and stuff and start talking and goes off. And also, the there are many lamps in the upper room. Like that seems like a weird kind of thing to put in the verse. And why is this? Why did Luke write this like why why is this part of the act story what does it have to do with the overall mm. message of acts mm. I mean that's kind of a question we have every week but this one just seems like a weird story to <laughs> Paul talks a lot and a guy fell out of the window and died but then he rose again mm. Mm. Dean anything jumps out to you during this reading yeah Again, uh, just how great bread uh, mm. frames the passage, um, mm. and and the word comfort, or comforted. Mm. Excellent. Shall I start the clock? Yeah, sure. <laughs> You're going to get going anyways, Derek. Yeah, we're, we're not going to hold to this 20 minutes at all this, this week, just a heads up. Um, it's more of a guideline than anything. It's a law. So, Dean, do you, do you want to, 
Well, I was going to say, can, can we start with with Dean? You, you were talking about um, kind of the the kind of framework of, of being kind of set in that breaking bread. Um, do you want to start by, yeah, kind of welcoming us into kind of that that kind of train of thought? And yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as uh, 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 th- this is probably one of the the first instances in in Acts where we where we clearly see that that this this breaking bread, particularly in verse seven, you know, is, is speaking. They were they were celebrating the Eucharist, uh, and 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 it is. And what do we what what do we remember and are called to remember in, in an intimate, very present way in every Eucharist? We're we're remembering we're remembering the 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 reality and the and the the the, uh, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and so in in this passage where I mean it's kind of a, it's a funny pa- I actually think I think it's a funny passage. There, there's things about it that are funny, um, uh, like Acts is such a great narrative, um, and if you haven't read it all, you you just you're missing so much. Like this is this is Luke having some fun, having some playing with some things here. I mean, this this youth's name is Eutychus, which literally means lucky, you know. Um, <laughs> he falls out of the window. Um, it, you know, was it lucky that that he he um, he fell out of the window? Um, uh, maybe it was lucky that he had Paul there to revive him um, or resuscitate him. But but it, this this whole idea that that. That in the breaking of the bread, we remember death and resurrection, and and here Eutychus it, it, it dies and is rose and is raised, resuscitated to life. And that 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 Eucharist and Eutychus um, are both signaling what we remember as Christians: the fundamental realities of death and resurrection. Um, I, I think I think that's an important framing, but it, it's just it's a fun. Like I, I actually think when people first heard this read out loud, yeah. they would they kind of would have laughed. Um, yeah. I remember Darlene and I were talking about this story once when I was writing about it, and, and she was like, she thought that this whole this if it, there was a heading, it should be it's happened to us all. You know? <laughs> no matter how great the teacher or preacher is, you know, just that mm-hmm. uh, yeah. moment. Um, but but lucky lucky for him, um, we we have a God uh, who who yeah who who lives and, and we live out of realities of resurrection, which the Eucharist is all about. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that framing of it, I think, is is interesting um, um, as mm-hmm. a as a part of the whole travel narrative uh, of of Paul returning to Jerusalem. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, those are, but it, it's a, it's just funny. It, like, like I mean, it, it's a, like you should actually be laughing um, about about. Uh, and, and I think even the lap thing that you were talking about, um, Derek, the many laps. I mean, this is this is the the point again in the narrative in Acts where where the if you're attentive, the the, the pronouns switch from they, them, he, she, whatever, to we, and us. Yeah. So, so Luke. I think is author. He's actually there, and these are some of the details he's remembering. You know, he's remembering there are loads of lamps, and it's up a window, and you know it's hot, 
you know, I, you know, heat rises. I mean, it's been super hot here in Moose Jaw, I think on the island in the last little while. And you're up on the third story. And, you know, it makes sense that he wants to sit by the window and get some air. Yeah. Uh, it's just hot. And that, that's actually where the third story too, that's, for British people, that's the second floor. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, this is, uh, yeah, it, this is where poor people lived. The, the rich, pe- richer people rented or had the rooms on the on the bottom floor, um, and the poor people lived in the top floors, um, where it was hot, where there wasn't running water. If there was running water, you had to carry things. The cooking, cleaning. All the facilities were, were less so so but you, you know it's it, it's it's he's remembering vivid details you know I guess and it shows here's an eyewitness I remember details there are lots of lamps in that you know and, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And so I, I definitely know what I saw because there were a lot of lamps <laughs> it was very clear yeah. even though it was dark yeah I know exactly what I saw yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no I was I was reading some comment i don't know if they're commentaries but articles or something on uticus last night and they're like lamps is symbolic because the light and the mentions of darkness and that and the sleeping falling out of the window let's go back to the 10 brides and how they were sleeping and, <laughs> and uh, the bridegroom came and they missed it so that's the call to that and and sometimes they just you know the bible is just what it is. Like you can uh, try or add a bunch of um, things that aren't necessarily there to it. But at the same point, not going deep in them, you can miss a lot of things that are right there on the surface, right? This was, this was kind of vivid. You know, this is these recollections of an eyewitness, though, like just like in the Gospel of Mark, for example, just a few weeks ago, we we're preaching uh, about the story of Jesus in the boat. Um, and it says, it adds that little line, you know, he was, he was, he was in the stern of the boat with his head on a pillow. <laughs> and again, that's just that, that's an eyewitness kind of thing that you remember uh, when mm-hmm. things happen or another instance in in Mark with the feeding of the 5,000, you know, they, 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 they sat down on the green grass. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, again, it's, 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 it's recollection. You know, I, I remember being in Derek's study because of the Lego. I was there, or I saw it. And that's, you know, it, it, it's just that little hook mm. of personal mm. connection. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it, as you say, what's really interesting is the as the narrative um, the narrative pronouns switch from the kind of the beginning of Acts to to the end, and that kind of sense also too. I think of. Uh, of helping to to re-engage that sense of, of what the spirit of God is doing in in the in the lives of the people um, that isn't just you know the great like you know what what you would have expected is is if Paul stayed up the whole night giving this final great address um, and then it went into the morning you'd be thinking so what did he say you know what was so important that he he waited until the very last minute. Um, to to share with them and it, and it was so inspiring and so engaging that it actually carried them right through the night um, and and you're like so what what was that and, it, and instead we end up with this with this story about you know the guy who fell out of the window and died and then and then he comes back to life and Paul just kind of carries on as if everything's kind of normal and like yeah. and there's just this, I think there is this big beautiful beautiful um, 
disruption of what you expect the the kind of theological narrative to be here and yet and yet in some ways is giving it a much kind of clearer sense of what I think for me kind of that kind of theological notion is which is don't be alarmed for there is life in him and and I, I was really struck because I was thinking about all the times that that I don't trust sometimes whether it's the witness or testimony of what what people are saying God is doing in their life because it doesn't necessarily fit the framework uh, of where I think that testimony and that witness should be coming from or should be pointing to. And that was, that really kind of kicked me. And I was just like, Oh gosh, you know, don't be alarmed when you find life in them. That's not the life that I was maybe expecting or the life that I was, you know, looking for or, or hoping for when, when actually the spirit is showing and doing and, a part of something so much bigger than what I previously imagined. Mm-hmm. But I think even the, the whole idea of bread and Eucharist connects with the line that both of you, but you know, don't be alarmed for life is in him. Uh, I mean, that's every time we eat that bread, drink that cup, the life is in us. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it is um, in mm-hmm. mysterious but true ways that that's it, it, it's we're not gnostic we eat things um, we drink them, you know, and and it, and it gives us life that's that's important yeah. love the like do not worry just he fell out a window like everyone's gonna freak out and it kind of like like i hear echoes of jesus in here right like when he's raising the dead and stuff like don't worry they get up and walk or don't worry they're mm. yeah they're yeah. alive and stuff and it's just mm. it's it's very interesting that kind of huh. faith um yeah yeah to, to do that it, it it's interesting too just i don't know why i've never really picked up on it quite as much as i did today but just this there's all this language about down down deep sleep down and then up up and it's and it as dead and then life like there there's sort of this descent and ascent language um to uh, i mean you you particularly notice it uh, just some of the, the the prefixes to the to the different verbs in greek you hear this kata 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 and then anna 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 which is kata is down 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 and and Anna is up, 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 and and again that's that that ascent and descent, or descent and descent language, death, life. Mm. Yeah. But interesting, I, just thinking about that your your first comment too about kind of where where kind of the wealthy and the poor lived. And actually, there's something that, like in in kind of the Western mind, we think of descent as descent to hell or death, and ascent as to heaven and life. But actually, the count the the opposite is true in this, isn't it? Like the the descent was down to you know where the, where the wealth and the power and the privilege was, and the ascent is that kind of calling back to to the place where. Um, where where the poor and, and and the weak and the marginalized were, and and actually, you know, I, that kind of sense of kind of where is where are we expecting to kind of see life and um, and experience life, and, and where is that kind of calling of the of ministry in the church? Like in in the Church of England right now, there's huge 
conversations about kind of, you know, what do we actually see and, and believe about the poor in our midst? Um, is the Church of England simply just for middle class and upper class people? Or is it actually that we believe that the church is for and, and actually the church is, is, is not only impoverished, but actually, uh, you know, um, I guess even a, a malformation of what it should be if if the poor are not at the center and not at the center of the ministry we give to them, but actually of the embrace of them as as the true, I don't know, the true place of the, of the kingdom and ministry and the life of God that we sometimes remove ourselves from. And uh, yeah, just, yeah. Well, it's, it's sort of, it's the, uh, where is the bread? <laughs> the bread. Um, on the third floor uh, with the poor in that place of dependence. You know, this, I mean, the people who, who really understood that language of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Um, I mean, we, we, those who understand dependence and weakness often are the ones who obviously see God's grace at work in the midst of weakness, God's power in weakness. Uh, most profoundly um, where, when you're not dependent and you don't think you're weak or you're self-sufficient, it's, it's often difficult to notice um, your need uh, and your true weakness. Uh, but, 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 but yeah, I mean, working with uh, the poor, I know in our parish, they, they, they don't have any trouble recognizing their, their, their complete dependence and, and weakness. Um, and, and as Paul knew that that's, Often where where we where we can where we have the eyes to see the power of God at work through weakness. Well, that I was just thinking of the Beatitudes last night, and that made me think of it. Like I'm going to be preaching soon, and I want to do it on what what does it mean to actually be blessed? And the blessed, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, the the emptiness, right? The the, the lacking, the, the need for something, or those who mourn is not blessed who has the most property or the most things. It, I, I heard that Eastern, like in Western, our parables are usually, you know, the poor becoming rich or, you know, they're working their way up the ladder. And then the Eastern parables are usually based more about the rich being humbled and learning lessons and becoming down to earth. And I think, like, I wonder if that's, we miss that sometimes because we're reading it with our Western eyes about how, mm. you know, what does it mean to be blessed or, or what does it mean to be mm. whatever, yeah. like, like we're always trying to get more instead of mm -hmm. losing more, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably, you know, something we've talked about before in some ways, but, it, you know, it is one of the, you know, one of the, the appropriate critiques of the church, isn't it? That like, you know, to, to follow a, a homeless uh, carpenter um, and, and somehow see that the more we have it is somehow the, the kind of the signs of God's blessing that we're doing the right thing and, and always kind of neglecting or, or, or kind of finding those those um, loopholes for for where we say you know yes we Jesus says the the first shall be last and the last shall be first 
and, and, and we and then we kind of think of all the things culturally where we feel that there is some sort of persecution or you know something against the moral um, power and authority of the church and then we're like oh see that that's showing us where where we're in kind of the back but actually the whole idea of kind of you know your daily as you say Dean that kind of sense of your daily needs your the daily bread and kind of what you know where where is that place actually where where the kind of the depth and and I guess that tangibility, you know, which which we see in, in broken bread, the tangibility of our humanity, which which is in the you know, which is in the experience of of our bodies, um, and and there's something about the way that God doesn't you know see see the strength of that, or, or what kind of I guess we view as the strength of that as being that place of of kind of testifying to God. But it's it's in the embrace of, of the weakness and the ministry in the ordinary and in the in the nourishment of of your needs that actually you know we had we had that this week in, in our lectionary readings you know that that it was you know in certainly from two Corinthians isn't it where it says you know in my, where, where Paul says that God says you know my grace is sufficient for you and and in your weakness. Um, it, is strength or is my strength or is, is the perfection of my strength um and i was really yeah kind of struck with that as we yeah eric you were mentioning too about you know like what i mean that's always a great first question why is this story there yeah i mean, I mean it's a it's a marvelous story like let's be honest it's funny it, yeah. it's interesting it, it's life and death it's it's sacramental it's all these wonderful things but it's sort of why why it's there and I, again, I I, I, I've off, I often would ask that in the book of Acts, like, why is Luke names so many people who we never hear about other than, you know, just a one-off name, um, uh, just over and over again. He, he does that all the time um, where, where it's, where he just, like even in just earlier in chapter 20, it names these traveling companions of, of Paul's as he's traveling. And, and some of them we, we've heard and know elsewhere in scripture, but sometimes for others, it's just like, this is their one time. But I, but I love, this is the one time where Eutychus is, it, it appears and his, and his name occurs. And I always think it's so great that to have your, what little kid, I don't know about, about um, uh, your daughter, but certainly my kids, when we used to tell stories to them when they were little, especially, they loved it when you'd kind of, put them into the story um, when you, when you put their name, you know, and, and there they were sitting on the hillside uh, 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 just outside of on the hillside of Galilee, or there they were in the Valley of Elah and you put them in. And I just think that that's such a powerful thing about the narrative in Acts is, is how many names occurred just there. And, and Eutychus, that's a, that's a slave name too. Like it's a, that was a very common slave name. Um, but, but, you get included in the story. Ordinary mm-hmm. folks like you and me, hmm. we get included in the story. Um, this this marvelous story of salvation. Um, hmm. We may never, you know, never hear about Eutychus again. But Eutychus, for all those ordinary people who fall asleep during long sermons, um, they're, they're <laughs> in the saint. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here, here's a here's a critique for uh, short sermons or long sermons. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, but you're in the story, you know. Whether 
whether whether you, your name is is Eutychus or whether your name is Damaris um, or or Dionysius or whatever, you know that you you you're in the story. Um, what a cool thing uh, to to think that, that that your names Luke name drops, but he name drops ordinary people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know one of the things me and Tim have brought up is is making the church a place for people to be themselves, right? Like to a safe place for them to be themselves. Yeah. And when you're talking about name dropping and that, and you know, the maybe not the most popular or whatever, like you have a place that just brought that back to me. It's like you have a place and it should be here. And not to not to be the person that doesn't follow the window. Um yeah. But if you're the person that falls out of the window, you have a place here. You are welcome. Like you are whoever you are, whatever you do, whatever you, um, you know, welcome. And, mm. yeah. and comfort. You know, like again, for me, the word comfort also stood out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's such understatement. We're not a little comfortable. Like it's, <laughs> saying, it, it's under understatement of saying they were blown away. You know, they yeah. were wow, they were comforted. And, 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 and that, again, that, that verb, comfort, is just one of Luke's favorite verbs uh, to comfort uh, or comforted or comfort. That, that. It's interesting, the book of Acts never has the verb love in it, to love or love. Like there's no agape language hmm. uh, there's in all of Acts, but there's lots of um, words like comfort. Huh. I did not know that. But it's one of his favorite words, comfort. Uh, it, it, even just in the first, the start of the chapter, you know, it's, there's, it occurs twice. It, but it gets translated, you know, as encouragement in verse 1 and then uh, and encouragement again in verse 2. But it's the same word in verses 1 and 2, chapter 20, as it is here in verse 12. Mm-hmm. It's comfort, comfort, mm-hmm. encouragement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah, these are this is a comforting story. This is an encouraging story. Mm-hmm. I I find encouragement in in Paul that he like like we would assume Paul is doing all the right things and preaching the gospel and doing all these right things for God, and yet he's getting beat up and thrown into jail and preaching and people are falling out of windows and all this kind of stuff and. And, you know, things may, you may not think things are going well or you're getting the results that you anticipate or whatever, but you're still on the right path. You're still, you know, doing, yeah. doing the right thing, doing the will, advancing the kingdom. It's just everything around you is the opposite of what you think. Well, and, and, and it's interesting. If, if Luke's chronology kind of syncs up well enough with, where we think Paul, when he wrote these, when he wrote his letters, um, but he he wrote his letter. Paul's letter uh, wrote to to, to uh, two Corinthians was written right around the time of this story, um, and, and and two Corinthians is just full of comfort language. Yeah. Even though he says like, like just again from the the Sunday lectionary last week. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, but 2 Corinthians 11 is that long list of, if I boast, this is what I boast in, you know, 
three times beaten with the rods, you know, lashed with whips, shipwrecked, you know, in danger on the road, in danger in the city, in danger, you know, all that, but yet God comforts me. So it's interesting how the comfort language uh, kind of coalesces in two, two Corinthians and then also particularly in this part of the narrative in Acts when, when Luke is traveling with him. So it's, it's almost like Luke, he's maybe... You know, when when he's traveling with Paul on this part of the journey, Paul's just talking about the comfort of the Lord a lot uh, and writing about it, and and that's just a just a real key key uh, word for him on this part of the journey. That despite all the all the struggles and crises and pandemics and famines and whatever else, uh, that that there's there's comfort um, from from the Lord. We are not, not a little beginning. comforted. <laughs> yeah, not a little. Not a little. Yeah. Not a little. Yeah. Mutual so comfort. Maybe that, yeah, so maybe that is, but it's good. We, we are definitely past time. Uh, I could sit here for a- ages. But uh, I think that, I'd just like to, I think for me, that sense of, you know, being communities that, that break bread, um, you know, where, where all people that are the ordinary whose names get dropped um, become those communities that we, where we break bread, we're surprised at the places where, and not alarmed where life is and be communities by which, you know, through that, through that celebration and through that fellowship are by God's grace and, and mercy comforted. And I think, you know, the world would be a place certainly marked by the, the active work of the spirit and the building of God's kingdom. And, uh, and if we can have a laugh along the way, uh, and uh, you know, not a, <laughs> then uh, then yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So. Yeah. And Dean, would you uh, would you do us uh, the honor of of uh, saying a prayer for us as we, as we close this morning? Loving God, we thank you for your abiding presence with us in death and in life and in all the in-betweens. Thank you for being our comfort. As we continue this day to take our rest by uh, moving to sleep or as we wake up, um, Lord, may we continue to feed on your daily bread. Stand and nourish us all. Bless us with not a little comfort and much joy. In Christ's name, for his glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.